Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Pinkun podcast. Delighted to be back with you after a, a, a little bit of a break. Uh, I don't think we've missed much. Only, what was it, a few signings, a kit launch, some fixtures. But you boys did a, a brilliant job at covering uh, some of that in the, the transfer special that you that you did. Um, I'm kind of Southwell, joined as ever by Paddy Davitt and Adam Harvey. Um, just going to preface this to say we're probably not going to speak much about the two pre-season friendlies that are happening this week. Norwich City obviously back in action. Uh, we were recording this on Monday afternoon. They're back in action on Tuesday night away to Barnet. They then play Kingsley Town on Saturday. Uh, we will cover those games next week, if that makes sense. We'll look back on those. I think pre-season can be a little bit tough to, to look at um, things in, in real detail, but Certainly last year, uh, we, we spotted some trends, some concerning trends on the whole that maybe we, we saw repeated throughout the season. So I think there is some value in that. Um, but yeah, I think if we if we speak and, and really sort of preview that Barnet game, we're going to probably um, age this podcast quite quickly. So we, we're going to talk about a lot of topics, but probably not too much about those opening two preseason friendlies, which will largely um, be about fitness. But we will come back and talk about um, something else around tours in uh, in a little while. Paddy, let's let's start with you. I mean, it's been a couple of weeks since since we did like a flagship show like this. So, how's how's the world of David? How are things with uh, how are things with you? Uh, not too bad. Yeah, they all, all the days merge into one when you have little people you have to deal with and their attitude. Uh, we won't go into that, but uh, so yeah, now it's been yeah, like you say, fairly busy, and it feels like now it's picking up. Players are back, we, as you say rightly, Connor. We're recording this on Monday afternoon from. What I understand, I think the missing internationals, the the, the Gun McLean, uh, Ida sort of cohort, I think they are either back in the building now today or or very soon. And of course, yeah, you know, twenty four hours out or so as we sit down here from the first preseason friendly, which is always really a a gear change for me in terms of the preseason element. You know, the fixtures are out, first kit is out, they're all signposts. But I think when you see see the first competitive in inverted commas, game of the new the new season, and that that's that's a signal uh, things are moving along. And of course, might be the first opportunity for some fans to to see their fourth uh, arrival, which was confirmed last Friday. Borja Science uh, got the sense speaking to one or two at the club this morning. It 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 might be more he's there in a watching brief capacity. He is there now. He is part of the group. He is training, but uh, he's probably a very limited touch points with his new teammates and his new coaching staff and David Wagner, but uh, you would think he will be in and around it. Uh, it sounded like we might see more of the younger uh, players on show at Barnet, Kellen Fisher, another new signing, Vincente Reyes. There's a lot of media around him since he um, his signing was confirmed, the young Chilean keeper. So, yeah, OK, it, it, we, we all know uh, we're probably not going to see a fully formed what uh, David Wagner's Norwich looks like against Hull City on August the 5th in the Championship opener. Uh, this week at Barnet and at Kings Lynn. But yeah, there'll definitely be a few clues and um, and it's just good. It's good because it's another s- sense of we're moving the page and, or nudging the dial from last season and all the frustration that there was inevitably. But uh, I, I think certainly science feels like, um, my view, taking the temperature with the fan base before Twitter went into a bit of a death spiral with Mr. Musk over the weekend. Uh, you know, that feels like quite an exciting addition uh, to to the squad, and and it won't be the last one, I'm sure, and we'll get into that in due course. But uh, you know, while, while I, I guess we can all see the logic of some more experienced signings, and uh, Ashley Vines was very good when we spoke to him, wasn't he, after the forum 
uh, in the city there last week. Um, and he really feels like a good character to add to the group. Um, I think when you see younger talent like Science coming through the door and um, and with the potential that he's got, if Wagner and his coaching staff can unlock it, that does feel like a bit of a, a move forward and away from last season and all the frustration. So, uh, yeah, no, it's been good. Yeah, the sun sun has, has come out, hasn't it? And that, that's always nice. Makes you feel like a bit more like the summer. But uh, not for you, Connor. I know you're not a worshipper for the sun. I probably should throw that back to you because you're actually first day back after two weeks. So what was the Southwell summer holiday looking like? Uh, it involved a nice trip to Legoland right at the start. So the, the start of last week had some brilliant um, goes. In. I don't know if anyone's ever been in Duplo World. I highly recommend it. Um, basically had a day and a half there uh, with my my little lad who's uh, who's free. Um, so I was, ended up riding dino coasters and, and all sorts, which was uh, quite a nice way to start. And beyond that, just been sort of watching England crumble in the ashes and i've painted my garden vents so it was a productive two weeks trying to switch off and probably failing but there we go such is such is life um but like you say plenty happening really from an Norwich city perspective science signing uh science signs yeah we might we might go that science signs that sounds nice um obviously a new kit being released which we'll discuss uh lots of really interesting stuff to to to, to keep an eye on but yeah i didn't do too much but in a, in a way it was nice not to do too much if that makes sense i kept myself busy doing various bits and running and and whatnot so uh yeah um, i'm glad to be back i think i've got to that stage now where i was i was sort of itching a little bit and getting a bit bored so that's good adam let's come to you because you are about to go away i mean t- tell us where you're going at the weekend because it's far far more exciting than than legoland not maybe not in my view but certainly in, in other people's yeah i've been building up to uh silverstone f1 this weekend so um heading down thursday uh camping till monday morning uh there for the full weekend so never been to the f1 i was excited and, and looking forward to that um been booked since sort of the well back end of last year so it's it's been a while coming but um i'm not camped actually for a lot of years so it's going to be interesting um especially sort of in a, a farm field but i'm sure i'm going to be busy uh sort of on the track most days so uh yeah really looking forward to that and a little bit of sport in action before the the pre-season properly kicks in yeah there we go let's hope uh norwich city's pre-season is just as exhilarating and uh just to to go on from what paddy said there don't worry if you've had issues with twitter there'll definitely be no rate exceeded hopefully when it comes to this podcast but we'll cover all the main topics paddy we've spoken about him a little bit so let's um let's talk about him some more uh borja signs which i think is what we're going with although that that may change when, when he actually confirms it himself um like you say, a really different signing to the first three that we've seen at Norwich City. Ashley Barnes, who, of course, feels like he's been in the building for a fair while, but um, still still yet to play a game for Norwich City. So we, we could potentially get a first look at him um, against Barnett on, on Tuesday night. But really different profile, this Spanish winger, 22, playing in Turkey, really good background in Spain, had a lot of La Liga minutes at a very early age. I mean, it kind of feels like the type of signing that maybe we'd call a little bit of a throwback for Norrie City. It feels a bit more of a characteristic Norrie City signing under Stuart Webber rather than perhaps Ashley Barnes and Shane Duffy that, that we've seen so far this summer. What do you make of him and what do you make to, to the reaction of him? Because it's that type of signing with the intrigue and maybe mystery around it that creates a hell of a lot of excitement in a transfer window. Yeah, it does. And... Um... And the element that, that stands out for me is not only the, the the identification of the player, because that's probably you know not difficult if you've got um, decent scouting and the analytics. And we know that Norwich 
place a huge amount of store by that, but then so do a lot of clubs, both in this country and further afield. I think it's just the astuteness that, you know, particularly with the financial situation, as as we all know, is is challenging. Uh, that You know, the fact that they were they were on top of it, that that, that guy had a clause in his contract, should uh, his previous club just, just once more um, get relegated, that there was a... There was an option for him to exercise that clause, which he did last week, uh, and Norwich pick him up for a free transfer. Now, reportedly, he moved from Spain to Turkey last summer for €2 million. Euro. Uh, and then off the back of that, he's had, I think it, off the top of my head now, it was 13 or, or it might have been 11, 11 to 13 goal contributions in 32 appearances in the Turkish top flight, decent level in Europe. Um, so you can guarantee with his age as well, um, is considerably his market value is considerably north of two million euro, and Norwich have got him for free. So that that for me is a throwback to being really astute, really ahead of the curve. Um, of course, he now has to deliver on the pitch uh, as they all do, but uh, but it feels like quite a you know front foot um, trying to nip in and maybe get him ahead of. I'm sure there was plenty of other interest, um, and he said himself as as they all tend to do now when they walk through the door at Colney. The facilities are off the off the dial, you know, uh, as as good as as he's he's seen. I think it's a paraphrasing when he did his club interview. Um, so I think the battle really for Norwich is to get these players to to Colney, show them around, and uh, and then sell them the vision. Uh, and whether you're Ashley Barnes at the other end of his of his career or Borja Science, um, it, it feels like Wagner and, and Weber have been quite persuasive salesmen so far this summer. And uh, yeah. That there is, I mean, it's hard to to escape kind of the feeling of you know, and, I, and I'm not bracketing him as as the same type of player because he clearly isn't. Um, but but a, a Buendia style impact could this guy come in, um, and really rip up the championship? And if he does, then you'd like to think as as a result of that, Norwich are certainly in the conversation for the top six. I think we the last one we recorded with with Sam Seaman. I mean, he was very negative uh, in terms of where he thought Norwich could finish this coming season. I think he said fifteenth would be his prediction. I mean, I was I was a bit more positive, but still in the six to ten bracket. With the caveat, let's see where the business goes from here. And that was pre-science. Um, I think if they if they continue in that vein between now and the end of the summer, which is obviously fascinating now, that uh, maybe the next phase of the business is dictated by outs, uh, and that might generate some funds that they can actually go and pay transfer fees and then the dependent then on maybe what they recoup in sales is is where they could pitch their their sort of ambition in terms of the the player they could attract from here on in but but if they follow on in the same fashion to a science then then I think you do start to maybe raise the bar in terms of expectation levels and what they can realistically compete for while still obviously we know you see the the business Leicester are doing I'm sure Leeds and a certain German uh, takes over there in the coming days, and also Southampton with Russell Martin. You know they they will be active in what remains of the window, and um, you know there's no doubt whatever Norwich do between now and the end of the transfer window, it's still going to be a very difficult season ahead because of the depth I think of quality of clubs in the division they're competing with this season round. But yeah, and then the only other thing I'd say with science is it's it's abundantly clear to me now that that area of that team is absolutely fundamental to how David Wagner wants to to build something here at Norwich because he did it before. You look at the Huddersfield team that he came through this division and then established them for a season or, or two uh, in the Premier League. It was very much players, dynamic players in wide areas, you know, good on the transition, good on the counter, um, high-pressing type players. I think Kachunga 
Um, you know, Izzy Brown, who they had from Chelsea on loan at that point. Uh, they had Naki Wells as well. You know, very mobile types of attacking options for me. And and I think that's that's the template he wants for Norwich because that's what's brought him success in England before. And if that is the case, yes, of course, you need the the Barnes, the Eder, the Sergeant focal point. But I think it is pretty intrinsic in a David Wagner philosophy that you have those wider options who are, who are not, to reiterate, not a clever... Um, finding holes and, and threading balls a la Buendia, maybe even Nunes, uh, maybe even Liam Gibbs, those type of players. But then he's got that type of player. I think the profile he's missing, certainly at the quality threshold that he deems is necessary. Science is the first step. I think they'll try and do another wide player. I'm not sure he's convinced by Jolis or Poiretta. Um You've got Rowe and Springit, very young options, didn't play a lot of football last season. They, for me, are probably in the, in the loan-out bracket. You've got Onel Hernandez there, of course, but if Rashid says we we would believe is is away uh, and won't won't be coming back to Norwich in terms of next season, I'm sure he'll be back here in terms of pre-season if nothing happens in, in, regarding the offers that are on the table um, between now and then. They'll probably need to go again and in in wider areas because I think it is just it's a pivotal part of the David Wagner rebuild because you know he's not going to veer too far away, I don't think, from the successful template he had at Huddersfield. And and science, for me, is very much the first down payment in that area. But I think they'll need to go again. And it's no surprise that they've been linked with, you know, the one that stands out for me is is the Lalit Corinthians, you know, uh, the Brazilian Gustavo Mosquito, who plays on the right-hand side, but is a very similar profile of player. And, um, you know, that's definitely one to watch as we move forward, I think. Um, but, yeah, it's exciting, uh, science, I think, because there's a player who has shown enough already in his very early career to feel he's got something about him. But of course, as with any overseas signing, can they adapt to England? Can they adapt to English football? Can they adapt to the championship? They're the imponderables. We won't find that out in, until we actually get into the season. But, you know, it feels like a player whose trajectory is uh, is going upwards and uh, and hopefully Norwich have got him at the right time and it can be, you know, a very productive pairing for both. Yeah, he's he's the first one this window that I think I've really looked at and you kind of look at statistics and clips and you listen to what he said and he described himself as a very vertical player. All of those characteristics there that you spoke about, intense, willing to press, scored a lot of his goals from kind of ball recovery um, situations. That feels like maybe the first kind of David Wagner signing, so to speak. I think the other ones were clearly to address maybe what was perceived to be a lack of or, or trying to shift the mentality maybe is a better way to use it, but um, experienced and, and know-how and kind of um, bulletproof players that in a way can create that structure for a science to flourish in that's kind of what it um what it what it what it feels like so he is the first one that I really look at and thinking yeah okay I can kind of see now he's been brought in to do a certain thing which is um which is really good and Adam what, what we have seen throughout Norris City's transfer and certainly from their their senior edition so far I don't know if it's a new kind of scouting policy that they've got is a lot of tattoos amongst Norris City's uh, new signing Borja Science is uh is very much inked up along with Ashley Barnes, who is Shane Duffy, who is, is this the secret? Is, is it tattoos that's going to, that's going to get Norwich City back to the Premier League? Yeah. I'd have to do some research on sort of the trends of Norwich City signings and, and how successful they've been based on the number of tattoos they've had. Um, Matthias Norman's probably the one that sticks in my head in terms of a player that's had a lot of tattoos and maybe had a really fruitful spell at the start and then, and dip. But um, hopefully for Borja signs, that's not the case. He, he looks an exciting player on paper, as you kind of alluded to. And 
I mean, anyone could go back and, and find my chat with the, the Turkish football expert. And he was kind of speaking about the, the creativity. And he's a player who probably should be going, well, for sort of a transfer fee for, for the Turkish side. But due to financial issues in Turkey and, and sort of the clubs over there, maybe being forced to sell players, Norwich have picked him up on a free. And, and it looks like a, a pretty astute piece of business that could pay high rewards if they manage to sort of get a player out of him who... You know, can hopefully propel them in the championship, but certainly given the age bracket he's in, he, he's definitely got a sell-on fee in the future if um, he you know succeeds and Norwich maybe don't hit the levels that maybe match his tra- uh, career trajectory. So um, really excited to see him in a yellow and green shirt and what he can provide because yeah, certainly on paper he looks like a, a really good bit of business. Yeah, and I'm sure we're, when we come on to audience questions, which you know we've got a, a few from you guys out there, we've sent them in via our, our social channels. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, we're going to be speaking a lot more about them. So I don't want to dwell on transfers too much. But Pad, just talk to us a little bit about uh, Vincente Reyes, the, the young goalkeeper who joined last week from Atalanta. Or was it last week? Might have been. Might have got my calendar all over the place. From Atalanta, uh, Atlanta United in, uh, in, in America. Um, there's been a lot of media done by him, around him. I mean, he seems very highly rated, 19 years of, uh, of age. Chilean under 20 international some really I mean we've picked up some some quotes on our channels this morning from Jack Collison former West Ham United uh, midfielder I think he was also at Ipswich but I don't think he played a game so we won't hold it against him um, speaking he coached him at, at Atlanta for in, in their kind of second team that play in the USL championship and spoke about how how much he's developed and how how much of a modern goalkeeper he is I mean there seems to be a, a real hype and real buzz around around this young lad yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, for, I mean, he, what is he nineteen? He's definitely got the PR machine going. That's for sure. Um, which you know, again, we'll we'll see. He has to deliver on the pitch. But reading between the lines, yeah, there's no doubt that there were clubs in Europe who were interested. And again, as we've just discussed with science, you know, Norwich, it feels like have been quite astute and quite perceptive and and built the networks they need to build with with the various individuals that. Uh, can pro- sort of pro- progress these types of interest into firm, tangible. Here he is coming over, and uh, he's a Norwich player. So, but he is nineteen. He didn't. Re- he hadn't made one senior appearance in the MLS, the, the the senior level in US football. He was on the bench, I think, for Atlanta. So, there's probably words of caution. Yes, from Collison's perspective, from one or two of the bits of media that that come out from the Chile end, they feel that there's potential there. Um, and apparently, it's a very good crop. I think Sam spoke to um, uh, a, a young, uh, albeit um, on Stuart Weber's radar, a data analytics person um, who who was very effusive in terms of there's a crop at under twenty level in Chile who they uh, are very highly regarded, um, and he was the keeper in the South American Championships at that level earlier in the year. So, again to a lesser extent than science because he, he hasn't in, really embarked on his senior career. But what I like is that, you know, from his own quotes, um, and he's, as I say, he might be one we see at Barnet tomorrow night. He feels he's he's going to come in and, and he could put down a marker in pre-season. And you look at it, with Michael McGovern now departing, you know, there might just be, you know, a wind of opportunity for uh, a Reyes or a Mayor or, um, you know, even maybe Dan Bard and McCracken to get that third slot. And of course, you know, the EFL announced, didn't they, last week that I think it's going to go up to nine places on the benches next season. Um, you know, substitutes benches of nine. They're going to need a third keeper as well as Gunn and, and Krull, you would think. And um, 
it would seem strange if they went out and and having let McGovern go, went out and brought in a, a, an older player just to, to bench warm. So there may well be a little battle within a battle there amongst that younger cohort of keepers just to at least start the season in and around the first team mix. And then you never know. As Barden two, three seasons ago, got his opportunity, you know, injuries to two senior keepers and suddenly he's thrust into the spotlight. So stranger things can happen. But he, he clearly feels like he's the sort of a, a bullish character that he's not here and willing just to maybe, you know, learn at development level for a season or two that he feels he can push himself forward. And of course, he needs to prove that and back those words up. But uh, yeah, you can only take your measure from people who've been part of his journey, uh, whether it's Collison or whoever, and, and they all speak very highly of him. And, uh, you know, Norwich clearly feel there's a player there who could in time develop into um, a, a highly regarded goalkeeper. But, you know, I, I guess we probably have to sound huge amounts of caution that he is 19. Um, this is his first foray into Europe uh, and he has no senior career to speak of um, the other side of the pond. So, you know, We'll wait and see, but you know there is an opportunity for him for me because I look at the makeup of the squad and that there is a third senior keeper position available as it stands as we embark on pre-season. They're going to have to fill that with with somebody, and uh, why can't it be Reyes? So um, you know that in itself, there should be some sparks. I'm sure if you're Archie Mayer, for example, after what he did, you know, notably with Notts County at Wembley, he's not going to want a see Reyes come in the building and then claim his spot in that pecking order behind Krul and uh, and, and Gunn and likewise McCracken, likewise Ambarden maybe. They'll all have other things to say about it. And if those sparks can generate a, a high level of performance among that young grouping of keepers, uh, that's, that's only better for Norwich both in the mid-longer term and maybe even in the short term. So, yeah, it's a fascinating one, as is Kellen Fisher. We have not spoken about him, another teenage recruit, um, highly rated part of Bromley's run to the National League playoffs last season. Those deals feel Norwich being quite astute and, and again, trying to sort of nip in and pinch, in inverted commas, players from under the noses and maybe clubs who are maybe have uh, a higher or regarded to be higher up the, the football food chain right now. But, uh, you know, a lot has been made about Norwich's poor recruitment in recent times notably the, the summer before the last Premier League tilt. Um, and Stuart Webber, I don't think, when he did his round of post-season interviews, could really have too much comeback on that. It hasn't been fit for purpose. Too much money has been wasted, certainly in terms of improving the squads for going into the Premier League or even going back into the Championship. But in a Reyes, in a Science, um, even maybe in a Fisher, you know, maybe that that they've they've learned some of the lessons of where it's gone wrong in recent windows, and they're trying to put it right. But of course, you know, time will tell, won't it? As with all of these things, it's it's a it's a long way yet to, till you get into the meat of a championship season, and the you know it's Saturday, Tuesday, and points are hard to come by, and then questions are getting asked again about the poor recruitment. So, you know, I think we need need to be a little bit circumspect at this stage, but. Um, but you can only go on what you hear about this guy from from informed people in the game. And uh, they all say, um, you know, yes, potentially, that could be a very good sign. Yeah, and, and goalkeepers tend to, to peak a little bit later as well, don't they? Naturally, I think we tend to see late 20s, possibly even into into 30s. That's when you really see a goalkeeper develop. I, I would expect Archie Mare to leave the club again on loan. Um, probably, well, if he could get a League 2 loan, I think that'd be great. I think the National League one is, is far more likely. He needs to go out and, 
and play games, even though those those heroics in the in the playoff final for Notts County, um, it wasn't first choice there for for a lot of it. I think there was a little bit of uh, of unluckiness with a, a knee injury that arrived at a time when he would have got an opportunity, um, and there was a neck and neck call by. By all um, by all counts, that, that he lost with, with Sam Slocum, who's a bit more experienced. So um, I think he needs to get out again and, and go on loan. McCracken did well at Stevenage, didn't he, for a, a brief period? But again, there was an injury issue there. He comes back. I, I think he would probably be the one that you looked at. Maybe he's pushing into that that third choice um, slot. Dan Barden as well had a loan at, at Maidstone United for the second half of last season, National League. So. Again, that's that's a that's a possible loan. Again, I, I would think, particularly given um, the time that, that maybe he lost due to, to everything that happened around him. So, yeah, I think there's there's definitely an opportunity for Reyes there. The preseason element of it is is going to be big in terms of that third choice slot. Obviously, we're expecting Tim Krul to to stick around now, certainly until next summer when 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 his contract expires, doesn't it? So, um, interesting, but certainly certainly one to watch. Um, Vincente Reyes, lots of, of really positive noises coming out about him. Still only 19. This, of course, his first move into Europe, as you say, Pad, but also the first time that maybe he's been without his family and whatnot as well. So um, that's all worth taking into account. Let's uh, let's not let's not big the lad up only for him to maybe not to to fulfil those those um, high expectations immediately. So let's see how he uh, how he gets on. Adam, uh, new kit is out. It's not blue, which I don't think it was ever really going to be. Uh, unlike the training kit. Oh dear me. Although to be fair, I've seen videos of it and it looks more grey than than white. But I, I mean, I'm not fussed about it hugely. Certainly, I did see someone's created an Instagram account. I think asking for it to be banned. But uh, there we go. You never know how, to, how seriously to take it. I mean, what do you make of the away kit, Adam? We, we've been treated to that first because obviously Norwich play Barnet on Tuesday, who largely play in orange, so they would have had to to warn an alternative kit to to the home kit. So we're being forced to wait a little bit in terms of that one. What do you make of? I mean, you're obviously a man of fashion. So, what what, what do you make of uh, of that away kit? Yeah, I think Joma have done relatively well again on the kits. Um, last season, I was on the whole pretty impressed with all three kits, especially the home kit for me. Last season was arguably one of the better ones we've we've seen. Although Norwich City with good kits never really has a great trend, they almost tend to do better in, in kits that aren't so memorable um, or not memorable in terms of the way they look. Uh, but yeah, I actually saw someone in the supermarket on Saturday or Sunday and, and they were donning the, the new away kit. And yeah, I, I think it looked really nice from a design perspective. Really like the, the deep green um, sort of colour they've managed to... Deep uh, green, look at this. That's that's the way I'd package it. Um, I think the one thing that maybe lets it down for, for, well, for me personally is the collar. It looks a bit kind of boxy along the front, almost uh, kind of the rectangular shape. Not, not overly struck on that, but... Certainly, yeah, from a sort of design perspective, relatively pleasing, although I'd be more pleased if Norwich go and get lots of away wins in it next season because then, uh, yeah, I think it will be more memorable than than maybe the design uh, is. Yeah, what what do you make of the collar, Paddy? I mean, I think if you you mentioned the word box around any kind of Norwich City kit, it shudders down people's spines, right, after that that awful one a few years ago with the half and half. Well, it was nearly half and half, but not quite, with that yellow box around the sponsor. What do you make of it? Because I think a lot of people are saying, yeah, very nice kit. I can't believe we're talking about this, by the way. Very well designed, but that collar lets it down a little bit. I mean, as I say, you're another man of fashion. I think people think, when you think of fashion, you think Paddy Dabbit. So what do you make of it? No, I don't think they do think that. I, I, I have no opinion on it whatsoever, uh, if I'm brutally honest. And I certainly well, that's great for a podcast. So, well, I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> I better be honest about it when it comes to kit. Not that I have a great insight to offer on any topic around Norwich City, but definitely when it comes to kit, and definitely when it comes to subsets of kit, which is 
collar discussion. I don't know why you even thought you could bowl that one to me and you'd get a reasonably coherent, informed, fashionista-style uh, response about square kit or what's the alternative? I suppose what the V, the V-neck kit. Well, you've got like, V-neck. You've got kind of the, like the collar you're wearing at the minute, like a yeah. kind of a turned-over collar. Um, there, there are various different options, aren't there? You can have sort of a circular yeah. collar. No, I mean, I mean, from I, I did say this to some individuals at the football club, funny enough, uh, as much as A, I don't have any uh, great uh, insight to offer, uh, either from being a fan, which I'm not, obviously, of the football club, but um, but even really in terms of uh, the beauty of kit aesthetics. But I, I, I like the, I, lo- I like the colour a lot. You know, that um, that's quite a striking colour for me. So. Uh, and apparently, by all accounts, Adam referenced the the home shirt, the sort of retro feel to that home shirt last season. I think I'm right in saying that was their bestseller for many a season. So, um, you know, clearly, Joma do do seem to have their finger on the pulse. So, who are we in that context to uh, to negatively look at the collar? But uh, yeah, I guess if if that matters to you, you probably won't buy it. But I think uh, most people will probably decide it's it's worth purchasing if i if i if i was gonna if you were put me on the spot would i buy it or wouldn't i buy it um i probably would buy it yeah you got there, there you go Hi. yeah yeah i really like it i really like my first thought actually when i saw it was ah oh, they don't be able to wear that against plymouth then so that that was my first thought really um it's, it's a simple but yeah i do i do really like it. it's um i wasn't uh, quite controversial maybe but i wasn't that big on last year's away kit which i know some people loved but it wasn't really for me the the sort of ruby red one um, so I think this is a, a massive upgrade on that. And uh, yeah, let's see what the home kit's like. I mean, I think you would probably, I can't believe we, we're spending time talking about this really, but we are. So there we go. Um, I, I can see a modern home kit this year, something a bit funky. Let's see what we get. That's just just, just an opinion, but um, let's let's see what we get. Uh, and of course, for the third kit, we'd all like a, an absolutely crazy one, wouldn't we? That's, that's, that's the rule of third kits, I think. Um, moving swiftly on and, and away from, away from kits. Um, we were all at a fans forum last week that was uh, hosted by Radio Norfolk at the forum. Ashley Barnes was there. Onel Hernandez was there. David Wagner was there. Speaking of fashion, he was a massive fan of your cap, Paddy, wasn't he? He really liked that, uh, as did quite a few people on the, on the night. Uh, t- t- go on, you're itching to get in. No, no, no. I'm just gonna. I'm just waiting for you to give me the punchline now that uh, I'm going to no correct. No, yeah, no, no. But I, I did always have him down as a man of fashion, so it makes sense, I suppose, doesn't it? But well, you, you know. Yes, yeah, no. I mean, it was uh, basically uh, anybody's bothered. It was a, it was a Dallas Cowboys hat. Um, my wife was in Dallas recently on a work trip, so she brought me that back. And uh, I guess with his, uh, it, I was trying to work out is it is it what's the American side of his family? Is his mother? But he's obviously played Step, for America. Isn't it a stepfather? Right. A step-father, okay. But I might be yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, I'm, I'm assuming that he, he straight away was was uh, able to recognise. To which I said it'd be nice if we could go to Dallas for preseason, but. He looked at me with a that that wasn't going to be happening anytime soon. I, never, not this summer, as we know, but uh, certainly not in the future. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. What was it? Why, why did we even get into my hat again, Connor? The fans forum, yeah, sorry, fans, fans forum, yeah. You. Yeah. yeah, so Arnold Hernandez was there, Ashley Barnes was there, David Wagner was there, and Zoe Weber were all there. They uh, took some questions. Um, I'm sure, lots of people listened to it, watched it, read all of the content that's been on our channel subsequently. Um, 
they took questions from uh, Rob Butler and Phil Daly initially, and then it kind of became almost an open floor where fans could ask questions, and they did. And there were some really good ones on a host of of topics. Um, we spoke to, and again, you can watch the videos on our YouTube channel. Uh, we spoke to, well, Paddy spoke to Ashley Barnes and uh, Zoe after the event. Ashley Barnes, by the way, I don't. You've got more experience in these things than me, Pad. Sorry to keep coming back to you, but is Ashley Barnes the first player ever to take his clothes off after you've after you've done an interview with him? Because he was stood there in the room in just his his underpants at one stage. Um, yeah, I think you better explain that story because people will be now starting to think all, so, all sorts of what, what on earth was going on. But map out what, what his day had looked like and why, why that was the case. Yeah, he, he's he's basically, obviously, because he's just moved to Norfolk, he's by himself. He's um, in a hotel, isn't he? Um, and uh, obviously doesn't have a, a permanent address yet. I think they, they just had a busy day. I think it was, the, was it the first or second day of pre-season training? Um, and he basically come directly from Colney, I think, via about 15 minutes that he got to himself. So uh bought a change of clothes with him. So after we spoke to him, he then changed. It's, re- it's not really an exciting story, but he, he then changed the change of clothes to then walk home. That was basically the, the essence of, of, of it. But um, let, me, let me just, Connor, let me just come back because you're asking me, have I ever seen a football personality in that state of undress? Um I won't name the manager involved, but uh, or the club for that matter. It wasn't Norwich, but... Uh, very early on in my career, uh, on a, on a non-league circuit, uh, I went to do a post-match interview. Which obviously, at that level, you're not going into this plush auditorium where there's like 50 cinema-style seats, and you wait for the manager to be brought to a table, and it's very uh, form- formulaic and, and formal. Uh, this was what passed for probably like a broom cupboard-style space that was the manager's office, and um, lo and behold, he walks through the door, and he's just had a shower post-match, and. Uh, as nature intended, basically, and we conducted the interview in that state of undress, which was quite alarming, <laughs> uh, I must confess. But there you go, you know, uh, that's the level of networking that I get to in this job, that, that he felt comfortable, basically, as nature intended, as as we talked about uh, his team's failure to defend set pieces. I, so I I'll, never think forget, it... I'll never forget that, is what I'm saying, and that is considerably further on in the uh, undressing stakes than Ashley Barnes was at the Forum that night, yeah. Yeah, well, in case you're you're wondering, Ashley Barnes looks in great shape. So <laughs> that's that's what we that's what we can say. And uh, I thought he was I thought he was really good actually in that conversation with with, with you, Pad. Spoke a lot of um, of sense. Uh, clear that that sort of um, ambition was there. I think there's been a lot of talk about that. Thirty three just got promoted with Burnley. Achieved a hell of a lot in the game. Come from obviously non league right to the top of the game and has kind of bounced down a little bit. Whether that enthusiasm, that hunger, that that kind of drive, I guess, to go out and achieve something will be there again. I think he he probably silenced any of those doubts if anyone listened to, to him speak, but ultimately he'll probably be on the pitch that he has to prove himself. Um as well, I think there's a promise for what, 57 headed goals with with a young Norwich fan, wasn't there? Which was which is good and, and mention of some elbows flying all over the place. Um Adam, what, what what did you make of it? Because I think there's there's obviously been so much attention last year and Paddy referenced turning the page um about maybe the 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 disconnect if we want to use that word between the the club and the supporters or this idea maybe that there was a barrier or a wall between them this type of thing which we know has come up a lot in terms of their supporter consultations with 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 various people that they have um and with fan groups that they have this idea that they maybe wanted to communicate with supporters probably a bit more open door and not necessarily attached to a fan group or not necessarily an arranged meeting but one where people could turn up ask the questions that they wanted to of, of, of the key people I mean, this this feels like a positive step, doesn't it? Given everything that we've kind of said and have often criticised the club for, let's be honest, in, in the last 12 months, this feels like a real step forward and a real positive step to repairing some of those 
maybe um, fractures that were that were appearing between fan base and club, and maybe not even necessarily on the pitch, but certainly maybe between senior figures and and those people in the stands. Yeah, I think you know there's been some criticism levelled at the club towards the communications and lack of from certain senior figures within the football club. And yeah, I think since the summer we've, we've certainly seen a change in in the way they've gone out out of their way to really communicate with the fans. Um, obviously, we had the Stuart Weber interview with ourselves and other outlets in Norfolk uh, about sort of well the football club and the state of play last season and sort of what the, the vision was for this season. Then obviously we get the touch point one-on-one, all the fans do as well with, you know, two senior football players, uh, you know, one of the executive board directors and uh, the manager as well. I mean, that's, you know, something that's quite rare probably in football um, and something that Norwich have always notoriously been very good at is, is getting the fans involved, getting that connection built with everyone sort of from top to bottom in the football club. And, and yeah, we sort of swayed away from that last season. But I think, you know, you could see by the sort of happy faces and the younger fans going and taking photos with the players and, I think that's quite crucial this season, you know, Norwich are ultimately going to be one of the more underdogs in the championship again. And, and that unity feeling that was maybe so strong amongst the fans, uh, sort of Daniel Farker and, and that sort of will to you know, pull the uh, team over the line in sort of difficult games. I think if you can build that again, and, and that's something David Wagner's really alluded to ever since he's come in the door, is sort of building fan unity. If they can build that and, and make it strong, then I think it's only going to be a, a huge plus going forwards uh, in the season. And, and yeah, fingers crossed we can see this moving forward, you know, and it's not just a sort of temporary stopgap this summer and, and you know, the communication will continue further on in the season. Yeah, absolutely right, which uh, lends us nicely on to maybe some some questions from uh, our listeners, which have been sent in via Twitter. Um, you can, of course, email questions to us, get in touch um, throughout the week on various channels or emails or, or whatever you can you can find them if you if you go looking hard enough but uh, at the pinken on uh, or, well it's at pinken on twitter i think we're at the underscore pinken on uh, instagram uh, we're even on tiktok aren't we i don't know if we if we still use that we, we haven't got any dancing videos on there but you can get in touch with us on there if, if that's your preferred medium facebook as well uh, or you can get in touch with us individually of course um as ever so do please do and, and 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 tell us what you think of the pod uh, if it's good and um any any sort of uh, questions you you may have we've got lots so i'm afraid we're probably not going to be able to get through all of them but i will throw a few at the guys so sorry if we don't get to your question we promise they've been read and maybe we'll we'll answer them in a different format or come on onto one of our q and a's uh, that we do on on the pink and plus app uh, every week and come and ask it there and then it will definitely get answered so we get we're going to start with one from uh, nick deal um which is a great name. And he has said, uh, we've been recruiting exclusively from the free market so far. Once a couple of sales are finalised, uh, in brackets, Aaron's Omabamadeli Rashika, uh, do you think we'll see a couple of splashes or is this summer about balancing the books? Paddy, I'll come to you on that because I think the way I see it is I could very much foresee Norwich City spending a transfer fee on a player. Um and I could also see them doing that before they sell somebody, but there probably is a necessity to sell somebody. So I guess if you do it in advance of selling somebody, you put more pressure on it. That's kind of my reading of it. And they've done this before. For example, uh, Ben Gibson, maybe a slightly different example because he was alone initially, but he was brought into the building before Ben Godfrey was was sold. So it is a bit more of a riskier way to do it, but they have done it previously. So what would what, what do you kind of make of, of Nick's question there? And do you foresee... As he said, there. Um, yeah, of I mean, I can, sorry, Connor. Yeah, I can see. I can see that. Um... 
if we lost Paddy. I can hear you now, Connor. Sorry, yeah. Oh, I thought there you we finished go. Go the question. Yeah, you can Sorry. hear me now, yeah. Yes, yeah. I've got you. Yeah. Go go. Go for it. Okay. Um I can I can see both those scenarios in terms of they do the business ahead of departures, those three being the primary um candidates, I think it's safe to say. Uh, given I thought Stuart Weber in his postseason interview with us was was pretty clean to while telling us that Gabby Zara was a player attracting a lot of interest, double down. They they view him as part of the the plan moving forward for this coming season. So if you remove him from the equation, then it very much is Rashita Aaron's and Omar Baba Daly. And uh and yeah, in an ideal world you 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 probably you don't want to go to market armed with whatever millions you, you've harnessed from from selling one or more of those three um because there'll be inflation inevitably. So yeah, I but but the bottom line there is I think they will spend money. I think they will look to well with the on the Bama Daily one that I mean that's for me he goes, they bring in a centre back. Uh, I don't see how you can go into this season coming with Grant Hanley who's not available until probably twenty four at the earliest next year. Um so you're leaving yourself then with with Gibson, um, and then you probably you know, obviously you know Duffy comes into the equation there, doesn't he? But but below that, Tompkinson and Warner. And much as we talked a little bit earlier about younger players probably needing loan football rather than certainly development football or just sitting on on an expanded bench in the championship next season, I think those two fall into that category. Tompkinson obviously had a little taste of it. Stevenage, they're highly thought of. Warner, so. I think they will have to do another centre-back um, and I think they would have to pay money for that. For me, I think the other area, and we touched on it earlier, I think they'll look at wide areas. I think they'll want to do another one there. Um, and although, you know, I mean, the Mosquito one, for example, uh, there's there's a there's a path to getting him in on a, on a pre-contract, but of course that would be maybe with a view to January window onwards. And if you want him in the building now, you may need to... Uh, you know, put some money down uh, to, to to bring that 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 deal forward. That's just hypothetical, but but clearly he's a player a who would be on their their radar given the their well established scouting links now in in South America, uh, and b because I think he fits the profile as we discussed earlier. So yeah, I think in those two areas they will be looking to make uh, additions for me. Um, but of course, the flip side is Omabama Daily doesn't go, and it's by no means a given that he will do. I know there was that offer that that they turned down in January for him um, from an overseas club, which was north of what they got for Ben Godfrey, as Stuart Webber told us. But there's no guarantee between now and the end of this summer window that that transpires that he's gone. So if he doesn't, and I don't think I think there's a fluidity to this now in terms of where they go from here, as we've discussed already. There was certainly those first three senior signings maybe ticked boxes in terms of the character and the mentality that David Wagner felt wasn't in this group to the degree it needed to be in. I think science is the first example of maybe adding what he wants in terms of the top end of the pitch. I think they'll look to do another one in that area. Um, and then, as I say, I think the central defensive position is probably dependent on, on Obama daily. I mean, Max Aarons goes, you look at it now, they've brought in Stacey. Barley Mumba's come back into the mix. I know he was playing more left-hand side for Plymouth, but he could do a job there. Uh, and they've got young Fisher. You know, if if he was progressing at an accelerated rate, he comes into their thoughts as well. So I don't necessarily see Aaron's goes. They need to do another right back. But I do see very much on Obama because of the Hanley factor, primarily on Obama daily goes. They'll definitely need to go into the marketplace and, and bring in a centre-back. Um, you know, but 
as with all these things, you know, there's been a little bits and pieces around your new list and, and does he go? Um, is it the right time? He goes, then of course they'll need to do something at, in the left back position. But right here, right now, I think you're probably looking at maybe two more areas that they would like to, to strengthen. And to do that, I think they would like to uh, to be able to bring in a grade of player that probably is going to need them to spend money. Um, so I'm pretty sure if they were going to do any more free transfers, they'd have probably done that by now because the nature of the free transfers, you see it, Kieran Dow going out of the building, the three that they've brought in uh, for, if you include science, you know, those deals would be getting done now because there's no value for David Wagner in bringing in a free transfer two-thirds of the way into pre-season when he could have the opportunity to bed him into his thoughts now. So it, it feels to me maybe we're at the end of the, the free transfer cycle in terms of Norwich's recruitment. So from here, we move on to, to maybe transfer fees. And, you know, on that point, going back to the fans forum, when we spoke to Zoe after the, after the, the formal fans forum, put that directly to her in terms of marrying the, the, the financial considerations. And we all know that the last set of published accounts They've borrowed against future earnings. So, you know, the, the, the situation is pretty clear that they don't have huge amounts of funds to play with. Um, but on the other side of that, of course, they want to improve David Wagner's squad. So she was adamant that it, that it isn't about ending this window with a, a net transfer surplus in terms of more generated in funds from sales than it is bringing in players. But, um, you know, you'd be naive to think that that isn't a consideration because they, they need to be mindful of the the financial position that they're in as a club, you know, um, particularly going into a season where, you know, at the end of that, that's the end of the parachute money. Although we know that they've probably already spent the parachute money, but in terms of the budgeting cycle of that, um, it's imperative that they have a really good go this, this season. So I I think all, all being equal, of course, there's the Madison sell on, but we, you know, we're talking, Two to three million there. That's not not a huge sum in terms of what we would allow them to do in terms of bringing in two or three new players. Um, so I think it will be certainly Rashita. I mean, I know there was a bit of confusion at the weekend. He's done some media in Turkey, and one or two City fans I saw in, in social media jumped on one or two of his quotes as he's coming back to Norwich and he's part of the plans. That isn't the case. He won't be part of the plans. He'll be coming back to Norwich because, and as we said earlier in the pod, until a deal is signed, sealed and delivered and he's, whether it's Galatasaray, whether it's Bundesliga, whether it's apparently Premier League, shown interest, you know, he is an Norwich player. And so, of course, he would have to come back like the other internationals. He would have had an extended period because I think the Turkish season, as it was told to me earlier today, that finished uh, later than the domestic season in his country. Then he went off and played for Kosovo. So I think it'll be a little while longer yet that you'll see him back in the fold at Colney. But don't take that as a signal that he's then part of David Wagner's championship plans. That isn't the case. Um, very much expected he moves on. And that will that will generate funds. And, you know, I'm seeing everything from 6 million euro upwards. Galatasaray clearly wants him to go back there, but that's not the only show in town. And Norwich will hope to get, get a little bit of an auction going. And if they do, then you may conceivably be able to, to drive a harder bargain. So, He's the he's the, he's the first one you would think off off the rank, but of course we all know Max Aaron's situation, um, and then it looks like it's been set up for him to to exit the building this summer. Fulham prior to the Euros European Championships at twenty ones level linked ten million the figure that to me sounds about right in terms of finances around him for a player who's now approaching twelve months out from the end of his Norwich contract. So you know if you're getting six to seven million. Euro will say from a sheet. So you've got two or three million banked from Madison. You can get 
10 million from Aaron's and maybe double that from Omabama Daily, you could start to see that there is significant funds that Stuart Weber could go into the marketplace and, and be competitive while still, you know, we're still talking championship grade players um, in terms of the financial package that they could offer. Um, and you can be sure that if they were looking at players that, that are Southampton or a Leeds or a Leicester are going for, then they've got no chance on the financials of bringing those type of players in. So again, as we've discussed all the way through this podcast, they're going to have to, even armed with some transfer funds, they're still going to have to be very creative and very clever in who they target and, and who they try and bring in from here to the end of the window. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that that phase for free transfers now is probably gone, isn't it? Because all the best ones start of July. Their contracts are out there. They're signed by and large. They're, they're they're signed. So I think you probably expect it now to to shift on to those permanent additions. I agree with you. I could see them spending money at centre back for for sure. Uh, I could see them spending a little bit of money in wide areas. Although I I don't think I think a loan option in in that area might might also be on the table. So that's uh, that's another one to to watch out for. So. I, I could very much see them doing that. And I think that's the next stage. But of course, the nature of those deals is they tend to take a little bit longer than a free transfer because obviously there's there's more bodies around the table, so to speak, aren't there, to to thrash out that kind of deal. And uh, and with, with signs, they would have got him in earlier. It was a case of a window where his, his release course could be activated. So again, some of these things are, are, are fought out and I'm sure they are, they're well down the line with, with, with stuff as we enter the start of July. Transfer window has another two months, two months, has another two months to run pretty much. It's early September that that it runs out. And those bigger deals, the ones that you, you, you speak of, Omar Bamadeli and Aaron's, we're probably looking at in particular. I don't think Rashica left Norwich on loan last year until September, did he? So I think the Turkish window goes on a little bit longer. So they could even have to wait until until mid-September for that point. Max Aaron's, of course, at the moment is away with England under 21. So by nature of that, nothing's going to get sorted until he's resolved or his, his, his kind of camp is done there. Um, so they probably are going to be, have to be a little bit more patient on, on departures. And that's probably why it probably makes the case that they will have to do their business in advance and, and maybe take the risk of not getting a transfer fee down the line. But there, there probably would be confidence at that stage if they do press a button on a deal like that, that there was one that, that would happen. So, um, yeah, very good question. Thanks for that, Nick. I'm going to roll um, Andrew and Peaky's question into one for you. Adam, uh, Andrew N, as he is uh, referred to on Twitter, says, my question would be to ask how the guys would rate the rebuild so far and whether they would have expected more or less to have happened at this point. So that's, um, and he's also said, uh, look forward to the pod. Well, I hope you're enjoying it. And um, Peaky says, with the Germany week now fast approaching, do we think Stuart Weber's comment for the squad being nearly assembled by that point in time is on target to happen? I think he he gave around an 80% figure, didn't he? Um, which, of course, we won't know until they've concluded their business. But it's, it's slightly, it's a bit movable anyway because of what we just spoke about around departures. So what, what would you say to those two questions, Adam? Yeah, to, to start with the first question in terms of where they are in the rebuild, I mean, four players through the door, all of which, you know, probably address certain issues that were quite obvious last season, the lack of leadership. I think, you know, the likes of Ashley Barnes, Shane Duffy, you know, these are experienced players who have played in the Premier League, they've played in the Championship, they know what it's about. So certainly, from a sort of, well, experienced perspective, they're, they're ideal players and you know, I think I probably hope they'll maybe have a few more sort of unknown quantities, the likes of signs where maybe, you know, they sort of get the fans on the edge a little bit. You know, they've maybe got really good YouTube clips and, and fans suddenly start to build them up as this sort of world-class player. But um, yeah, in terms of where they are, I'm, I'm relatively happy with the business they've done so far. I mean, 
yeah, sort of rolling back to Weber's comments, I probably thought there might be another couple through the door, but as we've already alluded to, you know, Premier League finished later than than you know the Championship season. A lot of the other European leagues also finished later than the Championship season, and I can imagine behind the scenes there's lots of work going on to, to sort of get loan deals tied up. That's something that Wagner spoke about quite heavily towards the end of last season. That loan deals would be a route that Norwich could go and utilise to. You know, bring in players. You know, and they've they've had relative success with that in the past. Um, yeah, obviously Oliver Skip keeps coming off on Twitter. That's uh, not a player that's Norwich City are going to be signing, but that kind of ilk of player that's maybe a little bit of a, a youngster that needs some experience could be um, the sort of player that we probably see through the door relatively soon, I'd imagine. So, yeah, I, I probably rate it a seven out of ten so far um, in terms of the rebuild. I'm, you know, maybe Ashley Barnes when he first came through the door, not the kind of player that really piqued my excitement. But after listening to him at the forum event the other other night and sort of his interview with us, um, yeah, I think I've really changed uh, my opinion on him and, and how important he could play a role in, in this Norwich City side. So, yeah, seven out of ten on the rebuild. Um, and yeah, in terms of Weber's comments, I think you know it's just the way the transfer market is. It's difficult to really pinpoint a time scale. I think on on where business can be done and how quickly it can be done because of you know the fluid nature of football and, and transfers. So um, I'd expect there to be a lot more through the door in the next couple of weeks. Yes, which uh, probably answers a few questions that we've had. Certainly, when I look at uh, Kieran, who asked this question um a few others as well in terms of how close they are to to an incoming there was one from diane as well in terms of how close um are they in terms of exits i don't think we're at the stage where we're sort of next 24 hour job are we it might be that uh the young hamilton lad gets gets announced at that stage which i, I think has been confirmed basically by their chairman at that end anyway so um that's one to be expected but let's see uh, let's see how that goes and the final one which uh, we'll do before we'll talk about something else uh from a good friend Ian Gabelli who asked the question I mean we always get told we get talks we talk about food too much on this podcast so maybe this isn't a good tangent to go down but he's just asked custard or jam donuts Paddy let's come to you why is that even a question jam obviously Adam yeah, I'm with Paddy on that one. Jam donuts would be my. Uh, are we are we talking purely strawberry jam? Because you can get some other. There are other jam alternatives. I mean, yeah, not to name the shop, but there's one certainly near Carrow Road, uh, a supermarket that sells raspberry donuts, and I, I can confirm they are probably one of the more elite tier donuts I've had. So um, yeah, I think you two boys would probably prefer to go down the Belgian bun route rather than than the uh, you know the custard or or jam donuts from a certain uh, bakery that we often go to before away games. I, I've got a terrible sweet tooth, so anything with sugar in is is a winner for me. To be honest, uh, pro- I'll probably edge towards jam, but I'm 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 happy with with either um, strawberry jam for you, Pad. Just to round off this this section, I I can roll with jam in any form or any fruit. Yeah, but uh, I suppose strawberry, yeah, raspberry, and you know, I'm uh, I wouldn't like to lock myself in when it comes to the jam. Quite samey, aren't they? Quite samey. Um, yeah, let- basically, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, there we go. We talked too much about food, so let's uh, let's move swiftly on. Um, let's talk about tour stuff. Norwich City are obviously going on on, on tour this summer, going to three countries. They uh, two games, obviously in uh, in Germany against Christoph Simmons Darmstadt against Kaiserslautern, which I'm really looking forward to, just in terms of their stadium and and the size of that. I think it's about fifty thousand, isn't it? Forty nine, fifty thousand. That's going to be uh, a really exciting friendly. Obviously, uh, the club have confirmed the friendly against European Conference League. That's the name of it, isn't it? Were they semi finalists, quarter finalists. They were beaten by West Ham, weren't they? I think it was semi final, wasn't it? 
um, AZ Alkmaar, which isn't going to be played at their ground. It's going to be played at a, a ground. Uh, basically, it's a... Um, how am I? I'm trying to phrase this in the right way. Someone help me out here. What, how would you describe the ground that Norwich City are, are playing against? I want to say a field, but that's that's really harsh. I mean, it's a, it's a, an amateur sports facility. Is that the diplomatic way of putting it, Adam? I think if you vision Norwich United's ground and put it in Holland, then I think you've probably got roughly what you know you can expect. And that's that's not a bad thing, by the way. It's just what it is. Um, so so there you go. I'm sure it'll be lovely and, and it'll be a great spectacle to see Norwich City compete with that. And then, of course, they're going to Austria as well um, and they're going to be playing a friendly there. There will be a Carrow Road friendly, uh, which hasn't been announced yet, on July the 29th. So the weekend before Norwich City host Hull at home. So uh, busy few weeks. And Paddy, it's going to be a busy few weeks for us. Tell the people. T- tell the people. I was going to add to that. Tell the people. Tell the just people. tell the people. Tell the well, people. I mean, Give them what they want. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, uh, it's the news everybody's been waiting for, and that is... Uh, <laughs> sorry, mate. You're broken up again. Go again. You, you're all right. Go again. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, well, hopefully... Yeah, I'm building probably... the suspense. I love it. No, no, no. Yeah. I think it's raining outside my window, so I don't know whether there's a bit of a weather interference on the line here today or what. But uh, no, the good news is, uh, said nobody, that uh, me, you and uh, Mr Harvey will be uh, at all three destinations. That's the plan. And uh, so it's basically the Pinkett on tour as well as Norwich City on tour. And we'll be taking it on the road and we'll be, um, you know, across all of those games you've mentioned and any that are subsequently confirmed and... Uh, just trying to do what we always try and do when we uh, go and cover any Norwich game and uh, and cover as many angles and bases as, as we can. And um, yeah, I, I think um, depending. I mean, when we this goes out, probably a bit later on Monday. I think I'm right in saying I don't think it's been confirmed yet by the club, but they're looking to maybe stream some of the games uh, overseas. I think there's even a hope, um, and this might be after the event when this this airs that, that the Barnet game you might be able to watch that on a stream as well through, through the club's channels. Um, so, you know, the club will have their own uh, tour plans, I'm sure, in terms of coverage, but uh, but we will definitely be there. And um, I, I would say humbly the, the best place to uh, to get every every news, view, analysis. Um, Adam's going to try his hand at taking pictures, so we're looking forward to that. We've got, uh, we'll have the usual video. So basically everything you normally associate with the pink and around a Norwich match day, um, will hopefully uh, be transplanted to Germany, to uh, to Holland and uh, to Austria if we get on the right planes and trains because it's turning into quite a mission, boys. It is, uh, but well, it probably is a bit more of a mission than than say planning to go to Plymouth or whatever. Um, Swansea in midweek, by the way, still not over that. That is and Middlesbrough, dear me. Um, there we go. But that's a different point. I mean, Adam, you 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 are cultured. I mean, you've you visited plenty. I don't know how many how many countries have you visited. That that seems a nice point. I'll put you really on the spot there. Yeah, that's a, a really good question. Um, I think we're currently about eight or nine, but that's probably not as extreme as what some people were thinking. But there's a few more to come this year yet. So uh, I think by the end of the year, it's probably I don't know twelve or thirteen. I think uh, Austria is a new one for me actually. So looking forward to that one probably the most. Um, I've done the Germany tour three or four years back now, just before COVID, um, went to a game against Armenia, Bielefeld. Uh, we based ourselves in Dortmund. And I think that's probably one of the best weeks I've had kind of supporting Norwich City. It was just much more of a laid back vibe and 
kind of being in a different country, different culture, it is something that you don't really get in terms of, you know, going to an English away game where, you know, there's maybe sort of a more on the line in terms of, you know, three points and you really want to see the win where I think the preseason vibe is just more more fun and, and you know, you don't really care about the result. Um, well, I don't anyway. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it from from that perspective. Um, interested to see how you get on as well, Connor, because I think I'm right in saying it's your, your first time flying and a first trip abroad. It is. It is. I'm just trying not to think about it at the moment for someone who's uh, exceptionally scared of, of heights. Hopefully I don't faint or something, but it'll be fine. We'll be fine. We won't think about it. But what we should what we should mention, um, Paddy, is that we've we've got ourselves a sponsor, which the eagle eyed people who are watching on YouTube will be able to see about here in above my head. And and really pleased, actually, with the, the type of sponsor it is. So talk to us a little bit about Cavill Healthcare, who are joining us on uh, on tour this uh, well, not literally, but they're they're joining us on tour um, this summer. I mean, we're we're really grateful to have them joining us. We are. Uh, to be fair, Connor, I mean that's that's really one you should uh, tell us all about because you've been the main driver behind that. But uh, all I will say is, uh, um, uh, really proud to uh, to associate with Cavill because. Um, you know, and and anybody watching uh, these videos both today and through the tour, they they will see. You, uh, we'll have a we'll have a video that Cavill have produced, and uh, um, it's quite close to home with my own family, really. But uh, the work they do is, um, you know, not to be uh, underestimated in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, it, it, from from our point of view, it's uh, it's great that we can we can pair up and uh, and hopefully mutually beneficial sort of a tour partnership. Yeah, and what, what I'll do now is probably play that video, which uh, you will get if you're watching the podcast on YouTube. If you are listening on the podcast, sorry, it's going to be my voice again, but you'll get an, a, a bit more of an insight into what exactly they do. I think, like you say, I think with everyone over the last few years of what we've been through um, collectively as a society, uh, huge amounts of respect and appreciation for companies, Cavill in particular, but but like Cavill, who have provided care for some of the most vulnerable. So here's a little bit video, uh, video about what they do, a little bit of audio as well for, for you guys listening. And, um, and, and yeah, we're really proud and, and grateful that they're going to they're gonna be joining us on, on tour this summer. Over the last few years, we've all been acutely aware of the importance of not just our health, but the health of those around us, particularly the most vulnerable of those in our family and our wider society. And that is why here at The Pinkin, we're absolutely delighted to be partnering with the wonderful Cabell Healthcare, one of the region's leading and award-winning healthcare companies and providers uh, for the entirety of Norwich City's pre-season tour and our, obviously our coverage of it. We couldn't be happier to support a local company that provides and does such good work in terms of helping people and is recognised by both its staff and those people that it provides for as a industry leader in the local area. They really are the place to go for care. For them, it's not just a job but a career. They truly do put your loved one at the centre of their approach to care whilst keeping you up to date and in the room with any conversations around the ongoing support that they provide. They're also a wonderful company if you're looking for a career in healthcare. For more details on this, visit their website www.cavillhealthcare.co.uk or visit their various social media platforms. Cavill Healthcare, heritage in caring. So there you go. That's uh, that's that's Cavill Healthcare. Some some brilliant jobs that they do, and uh, worth saying as well. They've uh, got some some jobs in Norfolk, all around Norfolk. If you're looking to get into care, looking for a career change, looking to to get into that particular profession, um, 
I know firsthand what a, what a brilliant job they do. So um, it's well worth checking them out. We will link all of their various social medias and uh, you saw a little link for their website at the end of that video, um, which is uh, dot com so go and uh, go and look over there for all of that good stuff i think that wraps us up gents um unless anyone else has got anything to mention that seems like a nice place to wrap it up we'll of course be at barnet at kings lynn and uh, in germany holland austria and any subsequent friendlies that get announced uh, between now and uh, the next time that we record we'll be across it all this summer as we build up to the new championship campaign which of course starts in the beginning of august against hull city at Carroll road can't wait for it it's gonna be fascinating thank you very much for listening thank you very much for watching uh do be nice do leave some lovely reviews and comments and likes and shares and, and subscribes and all of that good stuff pinkin.com the place to go uh still going with the the pinkin plus app you can take a free trial out on that now which again brilliant time to do so just ahead of the new season so go and check that out um so you can do that on our website or you can download it from uh whatever your app store is i think that's all of the boxes ticked thank you very much for listening Enjoy Barnet. Hopefully see some of you at, uh, at Barnet and, uh, and Kings Lynn. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Thanks for watching.